Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod. It's sometimes funny, sometimes insightful podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. Uh, I am your interim acting captain. Acting captain. captain. There you go. Clyde Haynes and Paul, I want the podcast to go fast now. Now, booyah. Okay, like, so, you know, much like our current episode that we were reviewing, our captain is taking a side trip and, <laughs> and she'll hopefully be here in a couple of minutes. But, like, you know, like, the show must go on. So here we are. Right. Mariah will be with us in a little bit. Um, but tonight we're going to be reviewing and discussing. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The premiere of season two of Strange New World, The Broken Circle, directed by Chris Fisher and written by Henry Alonzo Meyer and Akiva Goldsman. Um, but first, a few reminders. Paul, can you remind the listeners where to find us? Okay, let's see if I can do this without messing up. Hey, listeners, uh, if you, uh, oh, no, I already messed up. <laughs> uh, hey, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, all links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content, please consider joining our Patreon for just $2 an episode, Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Right. And if you're watching us live tonight on YouTube, please participate in our live chat. Um, if you have a comment or question, you want to us to dress on the show, just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in all caps in the chat before your comment and we'll take it out. And in a minute, we'll ask you a question. You'll know what it is. Just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat and we'll know what your thoughts are about the show. All right. Now, we can pretend to have a warp core meltdown or we can dig into some... You know what it is. That's right. Some hot freaks. Hot freaks. Paul, I'll turn it to you first, man. Premiere. Premiere. We've been been waiting for a long time. Uh, Yes. Some people say I'm coming in a little hot. I I assume they're talking about my mic. Uh, is this loud. better? I, 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 I dropped the gain a little bit. I got a new microphone, everyone. So now, so now I'm a, a, a big boy podcaster. Uh, so uh, let me know if this sounds correct or that. But like, uh, I have to say, like you know, it's a great show. Like you know, and and something I, I was noticing about it was like, it's a good looking show. Yeah, I mean, like it is good looking like you know uh, in disco like everything all of them are great but for some reason this show looks particularly hot like it, i think they've like just perfected the uh the oh, art oh she, she made it she made it. thank god Woo. Nice. <laughs> all right i'm gonna go back to the science station now mariah can sit in the big chair uh, that's right uh anyway so it, i think it just looks so good like they, they have great colors and like great like shadow and light it just looks so good the cinematography is great so yeah and i that's one of the first things i noticed about this episode i was going like man they're just not pulling the stops it looks beautiful you know and story is great like you know like space battles choo choo you know it's it like everything everything was rocking for me are we on hot freaks we're on hot freak we are on hot freaks mariah you want to jump in and give us your hot freak I mean, my hot break is, uh, it was great. It was, I, I was excited to jump back into this world. I was really excited to watch, um, Chapel and Mbenga have just like a lot of kick-ass moments. I love a good hand-to-hand combat, um, scene. Um, Ahura's away mission outfit was to die for. And, um, I'm excited about a little, uh, little love of brewing between Spock and Chapel and seeing where that goes. So. I feel like those are my my hot hot freaks. You, you've been shipping Chapel and Spock for a while now. I mean, I'm I'm all for like a little love triangle moment, but ultimately, I also hope it's just like everyone grows from the experience and like cr- I don't know, a little crush is fun, right? Like crushes are fun to watch; they're fun to have. It's cute to see. I, I'll I'll say I love this show. Like I. I knew I liked the show, but I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. And I think the more I thought about this episode, the more I, I watched it 
kind of the second, third time, I liked it even more. And the reason why was, was very simple. One, okay, so one, if you guys have been watching or listening to the pod for any length of time, you know there are a couple things that I love. I love a good team up. I love space battles. I love ships fighting. So I got all of that in this one. And But what I realized is that, you know, even though, I, you know, I'm, I'm always disco, I'm always disco. This show has given me the thing that disco hasn't given me. And that is a true ensemble. And they mm. were like, the ensemble was so strong is that they said, look, let me tell you how strong the ensemble is. We're going to take our two biggest stars. And not right? even have them in the premiere. And not even have them in the premiere of the second season. That That is a serious swag move to go. That's total how strong flex. we are. Let's move. It's a total flex. It's a total flex. And you know what? It worked. Like, I it totally worked. And I was... Yeah, I was like, from the get-go of this episode, I expected the B story of the episode to be Pike going on whatever this mission was, but we uh -huh. spent the whole time with our crew. And so it, it, instead, the two kind of teams we followed were Chapel and Mbenga and um, Spock with um, with uh, La'an. So it was like there in Uhura. It was very interesting to kind of see all of them kind of come together. I also loved the introduction of Carol Kane as oh, oh man, man. Um, engineer uh, Pelia, who is, I think she's going to, she's going to be a fun character this season. Yeah, no, I, like at first I was going like, you know, is it going to be okay that they have a character that speaks like a vampire the whole it time? A hundred percent it is. <laughs> but it, it, is. It, it totally worked. Yeah. I, I, Pelia is like, she's easily become, one of my favorites. Like I, I love her energy. I love what she brings. She feels, she feels authentically like, like, like she just fits into this TOS era, um, in a way that I just could not imagine. Right? Like, just oh my goodness. From from the moment that she steps in and she's just like, like she's real cool with the way she catches them in a lie. Right? In this plan. Like, it wasn't like, what are you doing? It was just like real smooth, like, hey, all right, I see what you're doing here. Let me help you out. Like, let me, let me, let me step up your game. Let me help you level up in this, in this maneuver that you're doing. And I was yeah. like, I was, I'm for it. Yeah. I, I feel like she walked on that bridge and said, shenanigans. I like shenanigans and is down for the shenanigans, which I, yes. and, I'm excited to learn more about her. So she is a a Lathan a Lathanite. Lanthanite. Lanthanite, yeah. Lanthanite. Um, seemingly kind of similar to Guinan. It's a species that lives for like thousands of years. Um, but I did like a vampires. ton of digging like a vampire. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense if you've had to have different accents to like exist in a world for a long time. They all sort of blend together, you know. Very Matt Berry from uh what we do in the shadows. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Um, I did want to back up a little bit and get y'all's thoughts on what did you think about Spock going rogue? Like at, at first, like, you know, if I were to go in my Star Trek purist, I would go like, this is a little out of character, but they do it so well in the sense that they go like, Hey, I'm having problems controlling my emotions, dude. I'm got, I got some real problems right now. So, like, even in the setup, they set up so that, like, this may not be the Spock that we know know uh, in, in the future. But, like, here, like, you know, he's, like, he's having some, like, troubles regulating his feelings. And yeah. so. I think my only pushback on that is that we do know that Spock will make sacrifices for uh -huh. friends. Right. Like, I, I feel like the Spock we know makes a lot of sacrifices for Kirk. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. But, like, you know, like. Yeah, I, 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 my, my, my nudge back would be like, he, he always does it within like the rules, uh, and or, or within a certain context. This seems to be very deliberate without knowing. He will like you know like in the menagerie, he he pushes, he breaks the rules completely for Pike. Right. So uh, so 
it, this this could seed that like you know you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing but like uh it, it's just it's just uh, it was a big no. jump it wasn't like just, i'm just gonna no. bend a rule <laughs> for yeah. a friend but, it's... <laughs> so here, here's the way i've looked at this because i've been i've been struggling with this for for a little while now and that is Listen, we all love Leonard Nimoy and his his depiction of Spock, right? Like that's like the gold standard. But I, I think from the minute that Ethan Peck and that Spock Spock showed up on Discovery, it has he has not been trying to embody Leonard Nimoy. That Spock has seemed different from day one. He struggled with things in a way that with emotion and flair that we've never really seen from the the Nimoy Spock. So to me, when I look at this and I go, okay, I'm expecting there to be a shift down the road, but right now, him going road seems very in character and on brand for Ethan Peck Spock. So it, it, it didn't bother me. It's just this cognitive moment where I go, nope, that's where they've been going since day one with this Spock. Something has to happen for him to become that Spock. Because that down Spock the line. is different from this Spock. Uh, yeah. It's 10 years down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Like- Ten years, mm-hmm. um, you know he 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 gets a puppy, and he and that puppy gets lost, and it changes him forever. I mean, it becomes a Vulcan guitarist. <laughs> I yes. um yeah, and I and I have a I have a controversial statement to make. Uh oh, uh oh, is it? It's, it can't be any more con- it can't be more controversial than Chupi saying that it's all about the women. <laughs> That's what does it to Spock. I mean. Is it- I, I, I feel that in my bones, Spock. I get that. Um, but my I think my thing is with um and it could just be I'm tired of like um bros on the internet and this is like seated within that hatred uh-uh. is um if the story is good in what I am watching, I kind of don't care about canon. I co-sign wow. that. Wow, wow. I'm, I will control. I will I will co-sign that. Because wow. my my thing is, is like if we are to grow and and change and use like the ideals of Star Trek, and I think that is at the core of all of new Star Trek. Ultimately, if the story is good, if I'm enjoying the show, if it feels like the values of the world has that have been created, like to me, it's like beyond canon. It's like what are the values of the universe that have been created? I, yeah, I kind of don't. I, I, it's fun to play with. It's fun to play with. It's fun to talk about. I understand it from that perspective, but it's like, ultimately that's not my number one thing that I'm going to nitpick. I'm going to say with one caveat though, I I, I co-sign that with one caveat. Not if you're reusing old characters, right? But why not? We reboot stuff all the time. There's everything. That's not, and I'm not talking about a reboot. So let, let's take like you want to, you want to, you want to take a new version of Spock and do something different with it. I'm all for it. If you had done that with the last season of Picard, and so now you're taking Worf and Jordy and Data and 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 Guinan and Beverly, and you're completely turning canon on their head, that might feel a little weird, especially with those. Not what I'm saying is those actors. And those characters like that, right? Now, if you want to reboot Beverly and go in a different direction, okay, I'm I'm with you, right? But if you're gonna take the the original actor and then just go crazy with it, I feel like you get something like what we ended up with Picard, and I I it didn't feel good. Like it just didn't feel that great. Yeah, I don't know. That was my that was my hottest of hot freaks to deliver today. Wow, because <laughs> wow. I, I think I'm scorched. I, I think I think that's the phaser well, is set to kill. The phaser is set to kill. Um, the other thing, oh, the other thing I, I actually so going back to the episode beyond Mariah's wild uh, things to declare on the internet um, is I and I've said this before. I like Star Trek when it is making commentary on the world that we exist in currently, right? Like mm-hmm. to me, that is what uh-huh. makes great sci-fi. And so I thought it was a great opening episode to do probably. Uh, I think a very common theme that that happens a lot in like war torn sci-fi, which is like the idea that war machine, there's profiteers, people profit from wars. Right. And ultimately it just hurts everyday people. So I thought that was a really um, Uh interesting theme for them to pick as like the opener for season two. Right. They're like, here's our morality. 
play for this episode, which is um, there's a, a group of people who want to be making money off of war. So they are really dedicated to reigniting the Federation v. Klingon war. Um, so yeah, what did, what did y'all think on, think about that? Well, I, I, I see no similarities to like, you know, Ukraine or anything. Nothing. No, no, no similarities to the Iraq war. No similarities. Not, not like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, right? No, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's a, it's a tried and true, uh, like even all Star Trek, like, you know, uh, I, I don't know which rule of acquisition is. I'm a bad, I'm a bad Ferengi, but like one of the, one of the rules is like war is good for business. Uh huh. Like it's, it's a very common theme in Star Trek to, to, to admit that like you know that pe- people are going to want war for things you know yeah. for like selfish things so yeah and you know and you see it in life like you, know, you see it in like you know uh Halliburton charging like 200 bucks for a load of laundry like during the Iraq war you know like you know how much money was that that was a lot of money for tide and it probably wasn't even tied it's probably yes, Kirkland. Roughly. Oh, can it Kirkland? It did. Yeah. <laughs> like $200 um, a load. That's wild. I, look, you know, when I'm not podcasting, I'm in the, you know, education field. So, of course, I love what I consider the edutainment, right? If we can learn something while we're being entertained, while we're seeing theater, and to me, that's the best of both worlds. So if we're going to have kind of social commentary and we can learn for it and we can see it, that is, that's that's the gold standard, right? Like, you know, part of what I love about our somewhat recent fascination and the mainstream popularity of comic books, right? Things like Marvel is that Marvel has been, talking about diversity and racism and persecution and oppression for decades. And now that's the hottest thing in the box office, right? So if we're talking about being able to bring light to what's really going on, and in this case, talking about war profiteering, well, yeah, let's let's show it and discuss it and, and hang that up as bad and, 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 and show it so that now people are aware and maybe a way that is easily accessible to them. So I'm all for this. Yeah. Comic books have been telling us to punch Nazis in the face since the beginning. So, you know, that's the beginning. Well, <laughs> I will say what, what's really great to, to see though, you know, on, on the, the lore side of things is lore, like, you know, not data, like not lore can, is that oh, like nice. Klingons and humans could get along, you know, and work together uh, to start a war because it made money. So money brings people together. Capitalism like, again, is it comes the ultimate down to, binder. <laughs> that's right. Ferengi's, Latinum, Ferengi's had it right. Yes. <laughs> um, it is, it's definitely, you know, the, you know, if we're talking about rules of acquisition, this is definitely like the peanut hamper addendum. Oh! <laughs> yeah, you're not getting me this week. You're not oh, getting me this week. Man, man. Clyde pulled it in. Clyde pulled it in. Full Um, spread. Full spread. Clyde, full spread. Photon (laughs) torpedoes. Go. Quantum Uh, torpedoes. Michael Michael L. has a good question. Um, Essentially, in Disco Season 1, they miss the entirety of the Klingon War because Lorca takes them to the Mirrorverse. Do you all remember how long they were away or how long was the Klingon War? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I remember that... uh, there's that time cut where Barnum's in jail, right? So like she starts the war, there's there's jail time, and then blah 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 blah. I feel like they were in the mirror universe for about two weeks. That I have I have this... I mean, but was it like mirror verse two weeks? I'll have I'm, to I'm looking it up. It's the same like it was like a year and a half. Okay. okay. Well that's a lot of people to have died. A hundred million people. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that's uh... wild. No, that, um, that, 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 that's two planets. I mean, I guess that's true. It just, it feels like so much. It, it, um, it, speaking. It, it, uh, you go. 
Oh, I was going to say, speaking of the war, though, I, I do appreciate that we're getting some insights into Mbenga and like some of the other characters' time during the war, right? So not a lot of folks on that ship did not um, participate, but it does seem like a few of them did. Um, and I, for the life of me, couldn't find an answer. But do, do y'all know what the like the Hulk up syrup was that they took to go kick ass against a bunch of Klingons that seemingly didn't have any weapons? <laughs> Well, you know, like uh, it, it, it comes from like a World War II where we gave a, a serum to this one soldier and he like helped. The... No, like, you know, it, it, it's totally like, you know. Was it just stero- a steroid injection? Like Exactly. You know, I, I assume like, you know, there, there's nothing in canon that relates to like a like a a steroid pop or a yeah i was like i kept googling i was like super serum star trek (laughs) steroid serum star and i could not find anything so Uh, so that that makes me happy because i was i was seriously like hey did i miss something like i was i watched it like i said i've watched it multiple times and i was questioning i i literally just to, to overshare a little bit i was thinking to myself Maybe I'm a bad podcaster. Maybe I'm not fit to podcast because I can't remember where the serum came from. I must have missed it somewhere. And so I thought I was like, I'm I'm terrible. Like I was I was questioning myself. So the fact that you guys are also going, did we miss this? I'm going, okay. It's no, it's not just me. It says so it says it's a serum or DNA thing like she made the one in the first episode. I mean, I remember she was like reviving that guy. I'm going to have to go back, but at, so at first I truly thought it was them becoming Klingons. Like because it just did a close up of the eyes and I was like, are they doing like American Werewolf in Paris? Like they're going to go under, you know, like we've had folks go undercover as Romulans before. And I was just like, is this like a new, I was like fully expecting them to come for a pan out and they were like in Klingon outfits, but nope, just super strength. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It was a super strength serum. Uh, so Babs, uh, who plays Mbenga, apparently is really great at jujitsu. And so at the end of last season, they couldn't believe they hadn't given him any fight scenes. Fight. Yeah, no. <laughs> and um, so, Paul, I had to ask you, what did you think of Mbenga's fighting as someone who also does jujitsu? Uh, like, you know, jujitsu is mostly on the ground, right? So, like, he, he did not go to the ground one. So, like, his jujitsu is undetermined as of this point. You well, know. there was there was like a, a I felt like there was like a leg hold sl- like slam over at one point, but <laughs> but uh, but like you know you can see that he has trained, like you know like uh, I, I was talking to my wife about it and how I go like oh this is a really long fight sequence it's like really long and uh, and it's not done so well that you think of like oh this is crouching tiger hidden dragon it's like you know. Like you didn't have months to train for, for like, you know, like one hallway scene. Right. Right. Uh, So like, you know, what I describe is like, it looks like uh, pretty good stunt choreography fighting. And, you know, and you can see the way that uh, the doctor moves that he has training. You can see how there's chapel moves that she tries really hard. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that's not a dig. That's not a jab. Like, you know, like you only have so many, so much time, like, you know, and, and I can guarantee you that Nurse Chapel, you know, she wasn't training eight months to do martial arts, you know, for her role as a nurse. Like, you know, they threw this episode at her and she, she might have had, what, a week, maybe? But even then, like, why would they, like, uh, so I, I, I think, I think it's, it's totally fine. It, it's, it services it without being, I mean, I, I do feel like if I had my druthers, because I am a little bit more canon based than you, Mariah, if we could have like a, a double fist, that would be fun. Yeah. Or 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 a, a running a, a running flying kick, a Kirk flying kick. Maybe that's patented. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's trademark pending. I, I don't know. But that 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 would have been nice. But or or maybe look at a a sexy version, updated version of that. I would I would be down for that. I would be down for that. 
I, uh, on the, on the flip side, I did really enjoy watching Uhura get lots of fun, like space espionage linguistics moments in this episode, which I thought was like a really nice, um, highlight. And I, you know, I got a little like misty eyed at the dedication to Michelle Nichols at the end. I was like, Oh, it's like hailing frequencies open forever. (laughs) Ah. I was like, oh, especially because like, yeah, at the beginning of the episode, she's like determined like, no, our hailing frequencies have to remain open. I'm going to set up a second comms channel while you're shutting this down to do like updates or whatever. I, um, yeah, I, I just like really. So this is my station. It. Back off, man. Like, yeah. I, mm. I wanted to be like, yeah, you tell him, you tell him, Ahura. <laughs> you get him I, out again, of here. Like I said, I, I love this as an ensemble. Like it, I thought it really stood up. So whether it was Ohura, whether it was um, just the, you know, Mbenga and Chapel. Um, I just, thought Laon was also super fun in this episode. Yeah. Like what a banger uh, way to come back in for the season. Just like yeah. chugging blood wine against a Klingon. Like it's an Indiana Jones movie and you're taking them down. I was into it. <laughs> so I've, I've decided to, to just, Admit it and roll in. Um, I, I'm really feeling Leon. Leon. So it's uh, it's one of my favorites. I'm just going to have to admit that and, and be honest about it. So every scene, I'm just like, yes, I'm. she's great. Yeah. So. Her fake um, so, so, so I have a question. Yeah. So you have Ortegas, and what does she do? She's amazing. She flat, uh, like... Okay. She literally what's your job? Spilled, oh, she, I, I love her take it. This, this, this isn't me. This yeah. is me. I'm asking, what's her job? They're the uh, pilot. Yeah, right, she's, right. Like, she, she's on a pound. She's on a helm. Jenna Mitchell, the girl on the other side of Ortegas. What does she do yes. then? She's a con. Yeah. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> well, isn't isn't it tactical and navigation? Isn't that it, the yeah. It, it, yeah. Exactly. So she should be she should be shooting, but it's Ortegas who winds up shooting the the Federation ship. So I, I was just curious as to what she was doing, aside from like faking a, a core breach. I mean, who's like who? I, I'm trying to think about. So if we if we think about, listen, there's always two people up front. Yeah, there's no, the, always been two people. It's You've Sulu got, and then Su, Su, Sulu and Random, and then Sulu and Chekhov. And yes. Chekhov with 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 Mister uh, Firing Photon Torpedoes kind of person. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right? correct, and it, so it, in the same, I guess. Yeah, but Ortegas was the one who shot down the as I as I understand it. You're right. So I'm just asking. I mean, I'm just asking. Like, I mean, you know. do you really want the new kid firing off torpedoes? Do you want the, Do you want the pilot to be like doing barrel rolls and locking on and firing when at the it's Ortegas? Absolutely. I was, I was gonna say the same thing, Mariah. Like that's why there's like. like there's hashtag more Tegas. Everyone oh, wants no. more yes. Ortegas. Oh, oh, all I can say is vamanos. Yes. Yeah. Here's the deal. If this was the, if this was the Enterprise D, right? If this was was TNG, in that spot, you quite easily would have Data uh-huh. and Wesley Crusher. 100%. Now I ask you, do you want Crusher touching anything other than really anything? I don't want him doing anything. So what, what's Wesley do doing? It, all. It, it never occurred to me in all the time. It goes, what's Wesley doing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, is it like pilot, sitting co-pilot there, kind of thing? He's sitting I, there and asking dumbass questions is what he's doing. <laughs> Captain, should we really be doing this? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I did I did want to go back to, um, uh, let me think see in my notes oh i mean i guess within this realm it, it it's like i got pretty i mean it's like one of those things where you know the main characters aren't gonna die so when they jump out of the ship you're like they're gonna get them and everything's gonna be okay right but it was still like i was on the edge of my seat watching them jump out of this thing and waiting for them to get beamed on ship and then seeing spock do um too gentle of cpr um but i'm glad it worked <laughs> um but how are y'all feeling watching that like tension? And then I thought Ethan Peck did an incredible job of showing that hesitation, but knowledge that you had to do this thing, but potentially risk losing two of your, of your shipmates and your friends. Like I, you know, for me, I, 
it's within the episode, right? He's he's really uncomfortable with taking the reins. You know, beginning with Pike. You know, Pike goes, you know, like you're you're in charge, Spock. You're like, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then, like you know, and then at the very end of, of the mission, he ha- that he, that he he wasn't sanctioned. He has to choose to perhaps kill two of his crew members, right? So like, and and he has like you know a failing like emotional block. So like so now so now he feel like like it's, he feels all the feels. So I think it's well it's well set up like structurally to afford that thing. Like you know like you could have Spock do that like without it being weird, you know. So I I think it's great. Like the the weird thing for me was when the two of them were talking to each other, looking like they're going to kiss. And I was going like, I don't know if this energy has been set up in any way, <laughs> but it's really intense right now. And like, I know that if I were to talk to any of my female friends in that kind of like <laughs> leery eyed and like that, like, you know, I, I people would say like, they would either execute or they would go like, dude, Paul, you're being weird. Like, you know, <laughs> it would be called out. And to put that on, I'm about to die. It's just, it's just like, like I was thinking about this. I go like, oh, if you want a whole, if you want a sense of intimacy, I guess they could have been holding each other, like hugging each other. And go like, oh, we've got out worse, you know, because they're going to need to hold each other anyway, because they're, they're, they're going to go out in space and they're going to be beamed out together. Like, you know, they need to be. Oh, you're talking about Mbega and Chapel. You thought there was a moment between them. Interesting. Oh, wow. I I did not read that romantically Uh at all. It it felt like I'm about to die and I'm embraced by a friend, but it it, it wasn't the embrace. It was like, there's a point at the airlock where they're looking at each other and they're like, you know, their, their faces are pretty close. And I, and I stopped it because the second time I was watching it with the wife and I was going like, is it really awkward here? Are, are they about to kiss? Do you feel the energy? And she goes, "Yeah, it's 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 not it's not not there." I'll have to I'll have to do I'll I'll pay more attention to that area for a rewatch. I didn't get to do a second watch today, so um, but I, I will try to see what you feel. But. So I, I'll let me chime in a couple of a couple of these points. So one to Paul. I mean, and I see a lot of people going, wow, I, I'm for it. And I see it in the chat, but I, I didn't catch that. To me, it felt like Even mentor mentee. Yes. I do like, I do like Chabanga. <laughs> that's a really Chabanga. good one. Stress-free that is, It's a good one. That's a good one. No, I, to me, it felt like mentor mentee. It felt like they had been through something. They had, like she was able to say, you know, he's been through the Klingon war. Like they, it's what, what they set up to me was, these two have been together for a long time and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't feel like that type of chemistry. It felt more like, like I got your back and we've, we've been through war together, right? Like war buddies. And that's what I got, like this really close bond. And it's kind of like, like the whole, you know, we've, we've gotten out of tougher scrapes before. No, we haven't like, all right, man, if we're going to die, we're going to go out guns ablaze and let's like, that's what it felt like to me. The chemistry between Spock, and, and Chapel was like, hey man, y'all can't be looking at each other like this. Like there's people around. Needs to needs to you need to keep that under wraps, right? Let less to prank find out. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that completely. It's just to like, you know, find out, like she gonna kill everybody. Like, don't don't go right, down that road. Right. Cold blooded, but but like I have I, I have people who I've mentored, like say in, in like film or whatever, who are who are women. And I, I, once again, if I'm like that close to them face to face, I'm getting harassment. <laughs> I'm just saying. Fair. You're ending up in Mo Ryan's next book. <laughs> you know, or maybe they'll bring in an administrator. Like, you know, Oh, there was a uh, doctor. You have a sexual harassment letter from Nurse Chapel. I mean, I, I don't here's know. The, I don't, like, maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just me. I, I, or it's not, obviously not me. People see it too, but like maybe it's, you know. Tapring's in trouble. Tapring is that she's. I, I feel like Tapring's Tupring, in trouble. Tapring's not in trouble. I think Tapring's going to get out of a situation she doesn't need to be in. Well, <laughs> okay, all fair, I know, fair, fair, <laughs> like, like, fair. Like you know how this ends, though, right? Yes. Like, you know, you know, the battle. Yes. <laughs> so Tapring so gets so pissed off that she makes Spock try to kill her, his best friend. 
Yeah, I mean, I see it. <laughs> Justification. This is the building we need exactly. to get to that amount of angry. Like, exactly. Because I mean, Vulcans, they feel stronger emotions than humans. <laughs> um, I was going to, I, I thought it was um, going back to the kind of um, ship that the war group had put together. Some folks were asking if there was call signs or anything. It seemed to just be a bunch of parts they slapped together. It wasn't necessarily like, that's why they said it was mostly a specific class of class, ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it had any particular call signs or anything. It was just a bunch of random pieces put together to make a Federation-esque looking ship. And it wasn't supposed to live, it wasn't supposed to live very long. Like, no, it, it wasn't just needed like, to get yeah. off planet and then destroyed. <laughs> right. Like it had a 15 minute shelf life. Like that was about it. Yeah. Um, but I did like seeing, I thought Spock really held his own um, talking to the Klingon um, captain. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought their little tete-a-tete was entertaining. Um, and then I loved seeing Spock have to get drunk on blood wine. So I, I'm with you 100%. So Mariah, you asked, what do we think about Spock having to have this, this moment where people were going to die? And I loved it. And the reason why I loved it is because when you think about the Spock character, so if you line up all of the characters, right, in Star Trek history, and you say, I got to, you know, we're going to form a basketball team and I need to starting five, right? Or you want to talk about a Mount Rushmore or any any of the, what Here's you want to do. Here's $15, build your crew, and everyone has a different right. value. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. W- whatever it is. Spock is in that top tier as characters go. And so when you think about what we love about Star Trek characters, what we love about captains in particular, right? And what we love about first officers. If you're building your bridge and you go, I need a first officer, right? If you're bringing your, like, if you said, okay, I'm, I'm, you're captain on a bridge, you get to pull people from any Star Trek genre or era that you want. And Spock is not in your crew? Shut up. Right. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going, he delivered exactly what we would expect a first officer who could be captain do. He and, and, and flawlessly, you felt the energy of I've got I may have to kill my colleagues, my crewmates. Right. But I will do it because this is what captains do. You sit in the seat. You do this. You don't. I can't do it. I, you, that's not what you do. You make the hard decisions. That's what you do. And Spock did it incredibly, even when one of those people was the person he wants to be his baby mama. Like, I'm just saying he did it anyway. So I'm, I'm there for I don't know if he goes that far, it. but he definitely wants to make out with that face. Um, it's a good I, face. It is a good <laughs> face. Um, I... If you had to pick, though, in, in that, like, creation of your of your bridge... If you had to select between Spock and Riker, who are you picking? You can only Spot. pick Spock. I'm I'm going with Spock. What? That's not the answer I thought I was going to get from you, Clyde. But I'm, I mean, I'm look, I like Riker. Riker's great, right? And if if you need somebody to infiltrate, you know, a kingdom where the weak link is a cute princess, Riker's your man all day, right? If you need someone, I mean, but apparently Spock can do it too. <laughs> If you if you need James Bond, Riker's your dude, right? But man, Spock has just got a lot of a lot like he's just got a lot of tools in his belt. Like he's been doing this for a long time. He's he's just I, I if I have to choose, I'm going with Spock. Now if if you really push me, I'm gonna put Spock at science and have Riker in the chair if I had to, right? Because that's the other thing. I feel like Riker's got no other utility other than, like, first officer. Like, I, I'm I'm going to disagree with you, Clyde. Uh, shock, I am. A shock. <laughs> and and I, I, I love Spock. I love Spock. I think Spock, it, I, I think one of the reasons why my wife loves me is because I remind her of Spock. <laughs> so, but, like, I think I love Spock because he's a great science officer. As far as leadership, I think he is okay. But Riker, you know, and, and this this is not something that I would, I, I'm, I'm this off the top of my dome right now. I'm not, you know, but Riker, he is backup leadership, right? He's, here's Picard. 
Picard has a certain leadership style. It's not going to work all the time. Riker has a different style. You, you, you cover your leadership bases. And then you have your science officer. Like, you know, like, like, you know, like Una doesn't have another role. Like, you know, like it's a weird thing that like, you know, in some ways that TOS Spock has to do double duty because, you know, he isn't human because, you know, like, but like he's, he has to be science officer and first officer. But like right now, Una is the first officer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there is Pike. Like, you know, historically, that's what the roles are. But like, not historically, like, but, you know, Mm -hmm. but the roles are like here, we need this chain of command of leadership. And, you know, and at some point, leadership is the only job that you'll have to do because, uh, because science or, or like, you know, like you have Jody, Jordy in, um, in command only when things break down, Uh you know, but like everyone else has another job. Like the first two head positions are like, I got to make sure that the ship comes home Mm -hmm. and everything else has like, you know, in in case it's like president, vice president, right? Right. Like, you know, like you, there is a president and vice president plus secretary of state. Those two don't share. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I, you know, there's always this part of me that's like, how much of your nerddom do you really want to reveal? Um, all of it, Clyde. It better be all. It's like, of it. okay, so so I've I've done the the role playing, kind of RPG fan fiction type deals where you play characters, and and I've actually held the 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 position of executive officer, first officer, and there's more to it than just backup, right? Like, really, what it's supposed to be, if you're thinking about what it is, is you're taking care of the crew. So you're the one doing crew assessments and you're setting duty rosters and stuff like that. You're doing a lot of the, the I don't want to say admin, but. I was like, with- you're doing HR. I was like, Clyde, is this just you telling us when you role play, you're still playing yourself? <laughs> I mean, yes, like it, I, it is, right? Like it's, that's, that's who I am, damn it. Um, <laughs> don't so don't HR shame me, Mariah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I just think it's funny. To your point though, to, to your point, like. If if you're looking for someone to be that 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 HR person, like that that chief of staff person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not Spock's role, right? So yeah, that's no. probably not a great role for him. Because so you're walking that, back what you just said. I mean, I, listen, no, 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 listen. <laughs> kind of, but not really. I'm still going with Spock. <laughs> But I can understand your point of going, I need a, like, I need this leadership role sure. and maybe he's not a great fit for it. That no, doesn't like, mean I'm, I'm not putting him in it because I just need that dude on my bridge. Yeah, no, I, it, it all comes down to chemistry, right? Like it comes down to like Kira is, uh, is Cisco's first officer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Kira does well in any other bridge. Well, yeah, I think it's like that balance. It's oh. like your num- your num- the oh. the captain and the number one have to almost be sort of very different leadership styles in yeah. order to complement to cover each all other. your bases. That's right. Right. Well, exactly. it's it's interesting though because also in discovery, right, your first officer has another job. They're typically your science officer, right? Burnham was a science officer um, for a while before she was moved up to to number one, and then like Saru eventually moved into captain, right? You know, it's like these different. Um, they all have their different backgrounds. I mean, Janeway was a science officer before she became a captain. Isn't isn't Burnham like a xeno anthropologist? Yeah, xeno anthropologist. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was a in the science. She was a science officer prior to becoming captain. Um, okay. Speaking of scientific I, studies. Can I just say I've missed mm-hmm. talking track with you guys like Aww. like real like like track. Like this is like listen, Picard was great. I really did enjoy season three. But like this, I'm really excited about Strange New Worlds. Like I'm up for our conversations for the next Yeah. It was like know, I feel like weeks they- that I want. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they read our minds in a way too, because they're like, "Oh, first episode, we're gonna give like Mariah an alien planet. We're gonna give Clyde um, a bunch of space pews. We're gonna give Paul um, uh, exactly, love triangles. Nothing. No love triangles to talk about." I was like trying to think of what's been like your thing. We're still figuring it out, Paul. Yeah, you know, no, like, like you know, I, I, I'm complex. You know, like I, I got a lot of flavors. You got, you got, you got more than one thing is your thing. You know, we respect uh, it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but a very scientific question I have for y'all is um, how much blood wine can you uh, consume? Do you think you could consume? I'm going to be honest, not that much. <laughs> like I'm, it, I, I'm lightweight. Like canon is that blood wine is twice as potent as whiskey. Oh, so then I can have a half a glass. Um, (laughs) I might be down for, I could probably have a shot and then I'm done for the night. Yeah. Um, I did like seeing hungover Spock essentially trying to get out of trouble with commander uh, or with Admiral April. (laughs) Like, so is it me or was April being a bit of a jerk? Like, you know, in this episode. I mean, but he kind of had to be, they were being very secretive because that Gorn ship is approaching. Yeah, but but like, Mahir goes like, hey, here is this, like, here, like, we're your A team. Like, let, let's but face they it, did we're... steal the Enterprise. Well, well no, no, but he, <laughs> but eventually, like, you know, they, they handled forth, but in the beginning, like, Spock goes, hey, you know, they're the threat to the Federation. And April goes like, ah, let her figure it out. <laughs> Well, well, I think because he saw that Gorn ship coming and was like, yeah. I can't have this ship gone. <laughs> well, and here, here's the thing that's interesting to me is that feels like this is pre like the Internet. Is, I mean, the Internet, the Enterprise <laughs> is that badass flagship. Like, if you think about it, this is when the Enterprise doesn't have a whole lot of like street well, cred. That's what I'm wondering if they're some, putting. But. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, it's got some, but by the time we get to like TNG, the Enterprise, the name alone is like, it's, it's, it, it carries so much weight that you're like, oh, that's the Enterprise. This is before, this is even before Kirk. Like the Enterprise, like you might as well called it the, you know, the Ramada Inn. Like it's just a, a name of a ship. Like I mean, Ramada Inn is a nice and affordable place to stay. You know, I'm not, it's, it's reliable. I, it is. It's reliable. Um, I'm just saying. I do think, though, I'm wondering if the updates, because they are having the ship do all, I'm wondering if they're putting in some better weapon systems with the knowledge that the Gorn are coming. I mean, based on the last interaction they had with the Gorn, I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, something. (laughs) Um, I saw a lot of chatter today online about, so like, and and I need to do some digging because it could have been taken out of context, but Akiva uh, Akiva Goldsman um, essentially talking about how the Gorn is just evil monsters. And a lot of people are like, that's boring Trek to just like the, the Gorn should have, they are um, complex beings, right? Because they were like, essentially, if you take away the idea that they have any moral compass or something, then you're just getting like the Star Trek version of Alien in space Mm -hmm. and i fine film though it was a fine fine i was like i was like you're really not selling me as this being a bad thing (laughs) someone who loves the movie alien um but i i the problem with that is what exactly (laughs) right but i also understand the point of view is that typically like you're using these different species in star trek as metaphors for things about humanity right and so it's like then that creates the argument are there truly just evil unredemptive people yes have one of them on your podcast um oh thanks guys (laughs) i I, I was going somewhere else and say one was president for a while um right and so i think that's that is also interesting to me is like there could be that discussion um but yeah i I'm, i'm interested to see where they take the gorn this season I think, like ultimately, if I were if I were to project prognosticate, mm-hmm. like like there are like how should I say it this way? Uh, they say that five percent of the population are psychopaths, sociopaths, you know, kind of kind of thing. Uh, Did you do this math, Paul? <laughs> like like uh, like uh, but like you know. Uh, just because you're a psychopath doesn't mean that you're violent. It's when you, you combine, you know, psychopathic or lack of empathy plus a trait that is like predatory. Right. And so, you know, like the, the, the problem is like, you know, systems with power, like whether it be fortune 500 companies or like, you know, or government, like, you know, 
those have 10%, uh, you know, psychopaths because uh, they do very well and they generally are drawn to control. So I imagine like, you know, like you could play the Gorn much like a, a type of like person in power that has no empathy. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, you know, like and how that manifests, you know, like you, like, like for all of it, like, you know, I think lizard people in, in science fiction or, or fantasy have always been, uh, have always been betrayed, portrayed as like, uh, alien than mammals because like, you know, like, Oh, imagine something as smart as a mammal, but has no compassion and no, mm-hmm. like, you know, almost They're robotic. cold blooded. Exactly. Exactly. Where it comes uh-huh. from. Right. And so, so with that, like, you know, I, I can see that there may be a limit to how interesting that can be, you know, like as far as like how, how that can be explored. But like, I think for a season for like a few episodes, I think that's totally legitimate. I think it totally works. Well, I think, I think the interesting thing that, why I don't think it's completely boring is because it's so different than what we normally get. We normally get these three-dimensional bad guys, right? Or these bad guys, and even in Discovery where you've got like the, um, what are they called? The, uh, not the Obsidian Order, but like the, oh, I can't even think about that. You, you have this, no, they were in, in Discovery, they were like the, the gangsters. Um, oh, the like Orion, like syndicate yes, or whatever. Syndicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you have even looking at those, you see, oh, well, they didn't start out this way. It was because of this. And there's this backstory. Right. And it almost compels you to see, oh, I can see how they got it this way. What's interesting to me about this is the Federation at some point is going to try and negotiate. Right. They're going to try a diplomatic approach. And so what we're going to see is a diplomatic approach with a monster. Right. And how the Federation has to do when you go when you're trying to be a a, a diplomat. To a society that has no interest in that whatsoever. Like, what is your recourse? How does how does that. One set up your ideals how does you confront what you believe about, you know, this federation code that you have or that you're going to create? How does it impact on kind of the, the prime directives and things like that? That is what I'm, I'm curious about. And largely, we've been hearing about the Gorn for the last 30 years, but we've never really had a whole lot of interaction. So, yeah, yeah great. I'll be interested to see how they play with the... Um you know, going back to, uh, against my word here, but the canon that is set up in lower decks of like the Gorn, Gorn wedding. wedding. Yeah. The Gorn wedding. Cause that's essentially the only other time we have oh. seen Gorn in modern Trek. And it was fairly close in design character design to what we saw in, in the original series. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they play with that. And like, what do, do they just look like tiny Godzilla's like, which I'm down for. Um, I think that could be really fun. Are they going to look like Jurassic Park Velociraptors? Um, also fun. And we know those look good. They were made 30 years ago and they still look good. So it's possible. <laughs> my my uh, money is on Velociraptors. Like, like, there cool. was, there's a Gorn in uh, Amira Darkly in Enterprise. Like, you know, the second to last mm-hmm. episode of Enterprise. And they are, it's a little more like dinosaur-esque person. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. You know, Another way you could look at it is like there isn't actually even the Borg, like there isn't actually another species that the Federation has met that would view the pre- the Federation as prey. Mm. Like it's a completely predatory system, right? Like to, mm-hmm. to the point where like they use you as hosts kind of thing. Like, you know, like, right. so like, like there is nothing, they don't, you know, even the Borg would go like, oh, we want to add your biological and technological distinctive to blah, 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 blah. There's some value in, in mm-hmm. you. Uh, but like the Gorn would see them only as like food prey. And I think like, uh-huh. you know, not like the way the Herogens would, but like, you know, where the Herogens have respect for uh, their prey. Like it's, not, it's a more mammalian hunting philosophy. This, this is just like a crocodile eating like, you know, a deer. It's, they're like the polar bears of space. Sure. Sure. Like if, that, if that's helpful. 
Um, I was like, polar bears are the only bears that will actively hunt people for sport. Yeah, well, that, 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 uh, <laughs> I've often been described as a panda, but now maybe you can upgrade. Maybe you can be polar bear. Polar um, bear. Oh, polar oh, bear. Oh, no. That oh, was no. terrible. That's right. That's the peanut hampering. Uh, based on um, the preview I saw today on um, the ready room, we catch back up with Pike next episode. Um, it looks like a really fun up. Um, I'm excited about it. What are you most looking forward to this season? I think for me, it's going to be the horary Gorn episodes because those were some of my favorite last season. And Obviously, the lower decks crossover. Obviously, yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm like you know, like somewhere along the line, Spock is gonna like make a pass at Chapel or vice versa. I don't know if it's this season or next season, but it's gonna happen. And so, like, I'm looking forward to that. Like, you know, basically, like one of my favorite episodes in all of Star Trek is Pale uh, Moonlight in the Pale Moonlight, uh, which is the Deep Space Nine episode where where Cisco basically says, I set up the Romulans to join the war by lying to them. And so he solely is the cause of hundreds, maybe tens of millions of Romulans' death. Like that's how that's how cold-hearted Cisco is. And the whole episode is him talking straight to camera, saying, like, Yeah, here's a story. I'd do it again. Because I had to, like you know, and uh, and it's 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 horrific, but you know it's horrific for the greater good. I I really like episodes where people have to break or bend their morality in order to service the greater good. So I'm curious if they can do that in this season. Hmm. I, I think for for me, there's a few things that I'm looking for, right? So one, I'm curious who will be our first kiss of the season. This, who will who would who will it be? So kind of largely I'm wondering where that's gonna happen. Also, it's it's season two. And what I find fascinating about most season twos of, of a show like this is we're gonna get a lot more background and detail, like character-driven stories. And so I'm almost expecting or hoping that each character, especially this bridge crew, is gonna get like an, an episode where we're kind of where they're the, the driving force. This first episode we saw quite a bit of, or not quite a bit of, but we've got a little bit of Chapel and some Mbinga backstory. Like I feel like we know more about them today than we did yesterday. Um, so as we go around, so yes, I, I want to know some more about Mortegas. I want to know um, more about, um, uh, you know, Uhura. But I also think we're going to get a lot more about Una. Uh, you know, I want more Lon, right? And I think I think Lon is really interesting because we haven't even scratched the surface mm-hmm. of her genealogy yet, right? And that is like the biggest thing that we don't ever talk about is come on, she's directly related to the wrath of Khan, like. You've got to pull that thread a little bit. Una's not even on the ship, so we got to figure out how she gets back on the ship. So to me, the character-driven nature of this ensemble, that is what is going to set this up for me to want to be here for five, six seasons, like honestly. Mm-hmm. is and, and what they proved tonight, which really made me excited, was that if you lose Pike, because Anson still Mount wants show. to do it in front, it's still a great show. It is still a great show. So I'm really here for the long haul. That's what I'm looking for. I want to know more about the individual characters on the bridge. And not to mention, you got to show me Palea. Like, I think she's just going to be a tremendous amount of fun. Yeah. I'm excited for Pelia. I um what if they kill her off too? Like like every, it'll be like the every, they'll get a new engineer every <laughs> every season. I mean, but it is like Oscar nominated Carol K. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. Like, you know, that. with a vampire accent. Uh, I mean I I I am digging it. I'm digging it. Um yeah, we will we will we shall see. Um I hope she sticks around in some capacity, but who knows? She's uh thousands of thousands of years old. She could get bored very quickly because she sure did so. mention this episode that boredom 
is her greatest uh, fear and not um, immortality. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so Mariah, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Carol Kane project? Oh man. I'm like, do I go down the IMDB rabbit hole? I mean, you could, I mean, I have like, there are a couple that, that, you know, are going to make I mean, me feel old. Ta- but. Like taxi is iconic. The princess bride. I, it might be the, pr- I mean, the princess bride is like, if she's, she's, she's in there for like five minutes. I know, but she's iconic and, and it, it's so good. Yes. But, but if you, rec- if you recite any one of her lines, everyone in this world will, will know what you're talking about. Exactly. So. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that one's pretty... I'm, I'm going to go with Scrooge because everybody hates that movie and I love it. Um, I would funny. love if, if Carol Kane had the line somewhere in the series goes like, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That truly, would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Would, would cackle. Um yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great, great season. Um, this cast is great. More to come. Um, I think that's all my thoughts for tonight. Did y'all have anything else? No, no. Uh, you know, like uh, I think we're, I think we're in for a treat, a, a good, I, it, a good start. Last season. question. Yeah. yeah. Last question. All right. So typically, we know that Star Trek is known for having admirals who are sus. Admirals who you who are annoying, right? Who they just they play like the bit the big bad Sarge, the drill sergeant that you deal with, but you're like, oh man, this guy drives me nuts, right? Until and I know Vance is dreamy, but early on Vance was very sus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. no one liked him. What's your read on April? It's like where where are you at with April? I and I, what I, a I, weird name, but go ahead. <laughs> I I have no issues with Admiral April right now. Um, so far, he's been trustworthy. He he definitely gives Admiral energy, but I don't think I'm getting bad Admiral energy at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I think I th- you know aside from being a l- like it's it's weird because normally I feel like I'd be arguing against this, but like. I was surprised that he was so anti uh, mission, you know, without even cons- like, you know, if, if someone said, Oh, our, our Intel says like, you know, this is a, a Federation ending mission. And he goes like, ah, go, go away. That, that seems a little weird. Aside from that, aside from that, I think he's been fine. Like through the, all season one, he's been consistent. There's nothing sketch about him. You know, uh, he seems to be really wanting good things for the Federation in a way that I can understand, uh, as opposed to being a little callous, which I feel a lot of admirals are. Mm. Although I do miss myself uh, Nechev, Admiral <laughs> Nechev. Uh, she, she, like you know, like the, the writers of, of TNG going like, oh, let's give Picard someone to just not like. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> in. What about you, Clyde? You know, uh, you think April sucks? You think you think I he's? Think, I don't think he sucks. I don't necessarily think he's sus. It's just I think what I'm what's interesting to me is you're waiting for a sus. I, I'm 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 feeling him out because normally, because we're so far in the in the past. Like I said, the 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 name Enterprise carries so much weight is that every admiral that we deal with has to deal with the fact that this is the Enterprise. Right. You can treat the stargazer one way, but you got to treat the Enterprise a little bit different because the cap- the captain is almost always a rock star. The crew is the best of the best. And it's the one who saves the, 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 the universe every other week because we're not there. He really is very dismissive about the Enterprise, like almost like you're my problem child. I wish you would go away. Well, and that's like the pilot. That's though. He twisted. He twisted Pike's arm to, to get back in the chair. Pike was going to retire. Yeah, but here's the deal. He twisted Pike's arm, almost like, I like Pike. So I'm going to put you on this, this ship. That should be fine. But it's not like he's going, I'm putting you on the best ship in the in the entire fleet. It, it just felt like, oh. The Cerritos? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Cerritos <laughs> is amazing. Love the Cerritos. So. 
Um, that would have been funny if they was like, what, is that a California class that the that Klingons be. built? That would have been a great little nod. That would have been funny. But I think we're saving all of our Lower Decks references for one very particular episode. All right. Um, oh, Kim brings up a good point. The Enterprise is April's former ship, so he's probably more protective as well. Ah, okay. ah nice. Mm-hmm. Good, ah, good, good call good out. Point. Good point. Um, I think that is it for us this evening. We've got nine more glorious weeks of strange new world to talk about. Very excited about it. Um, you can subscribe, rate and review on Apple and other, uh, places where you get your podcasts, visit star Trek pod.co, uh, to get links to all of those as well as to the Patreon. You can also find their YouTube link. If you'd like to join us live, it's a good time. Please do. Um, Clyde, where can people find us on Twitter to get updates about our schedule? At Star Trek Pod. Thank you, Karen, who runs our Twitter. Love Karen. We appreciate you. Thank you so much to everyone. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.